You're listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. Let's turn to our first guests and topic of today. In the next fifteen minutes or so, we're talking about mental health.、Uh, in particular, we'll be hearing about some workshops on mental health resilience training. And I'm super, super delighted to be joined by our guests、uh, this afternoon, who have been conducting、uh, these workshops.、Uh, let's welcome on the program Namisha Wandan, who is a mental health first aid trainer and a postdoctoral fellow at the School of Public Health at the University of Hong Kong, along with Dr. Amit Wanchu, who has a special interest、uh, in helping others generate、uh, mental well-being, and、uh, he was also involved in、uh, some pioneering work by Medicine Sans Frontieres in India in mental health training in conflict zones. Welcome to the program, both, and thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you so much. You, a very good afternoon to everyone. So we are on Facebook Live as well. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio Three is the page to go to. We'd love for our listeners、uh, to join us there. If you have any questions,、uh, feel free to join us there as well and post your comments, and we'll, we'll try to to get to them.、Um, before we talk about these workshops, let's first sort of、uh, talk a little bit more about your interest in in mental health. Maybe、uh, Namisha, let, let's start off with you first. Where did your interest、uh, in mental health begin? Thank you, Noreen, for such a wonderful question. So it all started from、uh, my PhD research uh, uh, back in like 2018. So I got a project from my university to、uh, conduct a, a mental health workshop for ethnic minority women、uh, in Hong Kong. So、um, I was conducting、uh, my data collection for PhD, and that also included uh, the. Uh, The mental health status of minority population in Hong Kong. So that uh, uh, resonates my. Once I got the data, it resonated the situation. What what is happening in Hong Kong? And when once I get the、uh, project conducting the mental health workshop, it helped me a lot to understand、uh, what exactly the minority population are facing here in terms of their social condition or socio-economic condition. How they, these are impacting their mental health status. So from there, I I got uh, uh, so much interested about understanding the situation. Then I realized that it is not limiting with the one population or、um, uh, just one sector. It is all over the population. And、um, uh, so same year, I got chance to meet Dr. Wanchu. Also, he had also experience、uh, conducting those kind of workshops back in India. So we exchanged、uh, some ideas and developed another、uh, workshop for foreign domestic workers、uh, because they are also the vulnerable group、uh, in Hong Kong. And that was a big success. From there, our start,、uh, our journey started, and we started conducting various kind of workshops. And this COVID has given us a chance to go further, and、um, we started、um, another initiatives、uh, which conducts mental health workshops,、uh, focusing on the resilience and coping strategies. Yeah, that's great. And what about for you, Dr. Wanju? When did your、uh, how did your interest in mental health、uh, begin? Uh, basically, I come from Kashmir, so unfortunately, we have seen conflict here for a long time. It was two, three decades, and in that conflict, you lose your loved ones sometimes to bullets, sometimes to blasts. And when I was in hospital, also physical health is one aspect, but the mental health is something which is much bigger. But we don't see it, unfortunately. And I also lost my grandfather to bullets, and then it's there. I developed myself depression. It was a kind of post-traumatic stress disorder at that time. And then it took me some time to come out of it, and I think all of us suffer because of that at one or the other stage in our lives. So when I 
watched it closely i was really very moved to see that it is such a deep rooted disorder in our communities in our societies but people don't talk about it because unfortunately stigma is with it and they don't want to talk and if you just use the word mental or psychiatry you are just thought that oh this man is mad or this woman is mad you cannot even sit with them so that's how i basically started and it all started in kashmir then we had msf which came to srinagar a uh, long time back now it's around 15 to 20 years and they did the first workshop and i was part of it and it generated further interest and then during my medicine i was interested in neurology because neurology is one of the finest things it's the connection between mind and body if your mind is strong then only body is strong so mind is always the engine for your all organs in the body and if you see mental health if you are positive if you are strong you won't have diseases but rest of the all diseases we talk about it starts from having a negative mental health so that's where my interest generated and then i was in hong kong also as a part of asia global fellows program and met nimisha and we could see the same thing in hong kong as well like so in india in hong kong and then covid has shown you all across the world that we all are vulnerable mentally so it is for the welfare of this world for the community that you have to work on mental health and that's how we basically started absolutely i think we can all agree that 2020 has definitely uh, been a bit of a, a year of uh, change and and uncertainty and i think this also adds to people's um sort of mental well-being you know it can create a lot of anxiety that uh, in regular years we, we don't really see it um so let's talk a little bit more about how these workshops can help with people with their um resilience is it something that you can build is resilience something that you're born with because we see certain people um just better at coping with stress than other people you know i'm sure we all have friends or family and they're really good at crisis situations and there are other friends who or family just you know uh, drown in their in their anxiety so why is it that some people are better than than others well i think basically if you come to resilience it's also you can say a kind of immunity you know the way we have physical immunity for diseases and we do the blood counts and tlc total leukocyte counts and others similarly in the case of your mind it is a immunity resilience is just an immunity we have definitely it is just by nature and by genetics also that some people are strong they will uh, basically manage a crisis situation in a better way and some are just very vulnerable but majority like you have a moderate percentage which is around 70 80% who are in that baseline so they are either not very active in managing and not very loose in managing and one of the major populations that we work on in that is teens and youngsters because unfortunately if you will see even the suicide rate like every 40 second we lose one life because of suicides in this world so unfortunately and it's more among youngsters so resiliency is definitely something which you can develop if you are very weak or even if you are moderate and it it has few things because i always say that before you help anyone it's very important to help your own self the way we are in the aircraft and the air hostess tells that before putting the oxygen mask to others you should put and similarly in covid you have to first have mask on yourself and then you can save other person similarly you have to have compassion it's a self compassion for your own self it's very important because when you are able to have that self compassion for yourself you can then have compassion for others similarly you have to develop what we call as confidence you know most of the people who are not able to deal are either low in confidence or have low self esteem or they are not able to manage their personal relationships or are 
part of broken families, things like that, which are there in their lives. So it's very important to generate that confidence in them. Similarly, you have to have a consistency, especially say in COVID times, it's very important to be consistent. You know, if you lose this consistency in your life, whether it's getting up in the morning at the time, then doing your work from home, managing kids, managing family, managing other things, it has to be a regular platform. It's very important as we all are dealing with it. Then you also have to take care of creativity. You know, art is one of the best forms in developing mental immunity whether you are into music or dance or any kind of applied art that you feel, it definitely generates a lot of confidence. And connect with people, communication and connection, very, very important. But communicate and connect with people who talk positive to you and not with negative people. Because if you talk more with negative people as we gossip in office or gossip, you will develop that negativity around you. So always try to talk in a day, one or two people who give you that energy and you will have that, you know, it's, a, it's an immunity boost those what we call i think we all know people who are sort of vampire energies and they sort of suck yeah. your positive energy from you yeah and and you cannot go on counseling them because if you meet two three people like that in a day your energy is drained and then you are not able to recharge your own self so it's very important to take care of those things and one of the most other important things is that avoid negative news you know in especially in covid from morning to evening, you're seeing all these WhatsApp groups and this Instagram. And Facebook, social media this as well, yes. Uh, yeah, and social media. Yeah. So go for authentic news. I think even Namisha can add on that. Yeah, well, I want to put a question yes, so, um, to, to, to Namisha also. You know, um, before we, we, we get to these workshops, um, it's a point that we, we, we brought up earlier about stigmatization. You know, a lot of the times we'll talk about we've got a headache or, or a tummy ache, but we don't really talk about a mind ache. Or children are actually quite good at expressing their feelings. Children will quite often say, I feel happy about this or I feel sad. But where did it sort of, where did we lose that ability to express ourselves so openly and freely, Namisha? Yeah, so I have one word to say. It's a uh, social conditioning. The way we live in a society, it's a uh, like we have to behave in a particular manner, in a particular way. So as uh, we age, we become so conditioned with the society where we live, right? So we uh, and many of the society, especially in Asian society, um, we forget to express ourselves, right? Our feeling like sad or like what we uh, used to do during the childhood it's not very common to express ourselves uh, once we are uh, in like adolescent or in adult uh, so that's why these uh, teenagers are known as rebellious like they, they because they, they express and that's the best thing so once we channelize uh, once we start understanding their energy their emotions their feelings it, it is very easy uh, but uh, we don't because our society don't allow us to behave in a certain, um, you know, different way than the a particular way of uh, behaving. And that creates a problem. So once we are very conditioned and uh, then we start thinking that behaving in a different way will cause problem. And that uh, sometimes it leads to stress, even though we are suffering from some kind of conflict or familiar issue or job related issue. And in, in this particular situation of uh, social political unrest and COVID in Hong Kong, if we see that um, we all are suffering, right? We all have other challenges to deal with in every second of our lives. But we don't want to express our feeling. We want to just stay um, and we want to stay within ourselves. We don't want to express and share with uh, our friends or family members, uh, even in the community. It's a it's a notion of uh, you know uh, family pride. 
So if you are revealing your truth, uh, you will be stigmatized and people think uh, not, uh, you know, not the suitable way uh, behaving. In this That's country. an excellent that, point. Is it also cultural? You know, you know, sometimes, you know, if, if we express our emotions, our family will say something like, oh, don't feel sad or don't feel like that. So it's almost suppressing our feelings. And, and also exactly. w- when we have friends or family saying, oh, actually, I don't feel so good. A lot of the times we just want to help them and we just say, don't feel like that. You can try this. And we're just offering solutions. And that's not really allowing people that space to, to really come to terms with their feelings. I mean, how, how should we address these issues also? Yeah. So definitely we, we need to uh, realize that first thing we need to do is accept whatever you are feeling and then express it. So you cannot express your feeling with everyone around you. So you need to find a particular person or uh, the family member or your friend, your workplace, wherever you feel comfortable to express your feeling. And that will make you feel very light. And uh, so once you are... Uh, keeping every all the emotions within you definitely you are injuring yourself emotionally and that will lead to anxiety or depression or sadness whatever you can say so first accept and then express so even uh, there are some counselors available or you can find a friend or whatever method you can choose but definitely expression is the best thing here yeah, well, let's I would talk. like to add uh, yeah, one sorry, more. On. Sorry, one more point on this is like that. Unfortunately, in the age of internet, we have lost the connections between ourselves. You know, like we see how many Facebook likes you have, how many Instagram followers you have, how many things, and that is the method of measuring your circle, your community, your friendship. But that is not the reality. You must have seen whenever you have crisis, none of those likes is with you. So always remember that whenever you're in crisis, it's very few people who are around you, maybe your parents, maybe your friends, those people whose phone you may not attend that time thinking that I will call back, even if they are calling to see, have you taken your lunch or are you there or not? And we'll say, okay, we'll call them after some time. So that is the social change that we all have grown. And and especially in Asian countries where the family circles were very closely knit, we are losing that. So I would always say that that is one of the things which West has learned from us and we should not give up. Absolutely. Let's turn um, uh, to to these workshops. You've done so many workshops uh, for different sort of marginalized communities here in Hong Kong, including uh, ethnic minority women in the Caritas Community Center uh, for foreign domestic workers uh, as well. Um, So let's talk about the format of these workshops. Um, What did these people, what what do people learn uh, during these workshops? Can you sort of uh, give us a bit of an overview of the format? Namisha? Yeah, definitely. So, um, we uh, we divide our workshop in uh, three um, three parts. So first uh, we do a like little seminar kind of thing to uh, give the brief introduction about the status, about the situation, what's going on, and also about what kind of emotional injuries we are having. These are the ju- these are just like as physical injury. Uh, so it's like feeling of shame, guilt. Uh, self-worthlessness and hopelessness, helplessness. So those kind of things we cover. And also the second part is about uh, some kind of uh, activity-based and interaction, as well as the third and main uh, main part, how to build your resilience. So basically we are uh, giving them self-reflection, what exactly you are going through and then how to overcome this. So this is very simple um, uh, workshop module we have chosen. 
so it is easy to convey the message and uh, easy to follow also afterwards then we do evaluation to get feedback and what improvements we can do further yeah and what are some of the feedbacks you've received uh, from the people you've been serving yeah it, it was like um, overall it was so encouraging and positive and that that motivates us to go further and uh, yeah we are uh, now in the process of including more uh, stuff uh, according to the need of uh, the time as well as the participants so it is just helping us to uh, to enrich our workshop yeah um, dr once you can elaborate more yeah like say uh, we have named it as okay minds and the word came because in hong kong when i was in 2018 the one common english word that everyone speaks is okay so that's where from we basically thought of the name and uh, the basic idea was that normally all people do workshops and their target is mostly corporates corporate is just a part of us but we also wanted to reach out to people who are marginalized who are not able to afford who see the maximum level of stress as well in their families and or in their workplace or even these domestic workers or in india you have migrant laborers so these are the people who really face that brunt and they have no one to talk then we also wanted to reach out to ngos because i always believe that if you are able to do good workshop with all the ngos it's going to further spread into that sector like a ripple effect so the best compliment i think we got once was that uh in one workshop we told everyone to draw two circles an inner circle and an outer circle so in the inner circle we told them to mention the things that they can control in covid and the outer circle they had to mention the things which they cannot control in covid and the baseline that we took from that was that we all are traveling in different ships but in the same storm so that was the best answer we could get so we all are in the storm of covid but that's a common storm but definitely in different ships a migrant worker has one particular problem a, a person who is a ceo has another problem a radio jockey has another problem a doctor has another problem and we wanted to make something which could basically address these issues in a very relaxed and def- definite manner because all these people don't want to know the medical language they basically want to understand it in the normal routine life in their own perspective and that's what okay minds has basically been working and we are on instagram as well now thanks to nimisha that's amazing and and you you touched on you both touched on a re- really excellent point and it's about that confidence building because a lot of the times it's about building your own abilities uh to to confront these problems and you know during the pandemic there are so many things which are out of our control um certain resources that perhaps we want to uh, reach may not be available and if we have these tools that we can sort of uh, combat and build resilience that that's really important well well let's talk a little bit more about ways to build resilience if there some people listening at home um, maybe they're facing a lot of external stresses uh, uncertainty to do with work uncertainty with with their own life and, and just missing their home we have a lot of families here in hong kong who don't even get to travel and see their families um how can we sort of um build that resilience you you mentioned a really good point just now about connections you know in an age of social media we're we're missing connections so how do we build that connection back uh, in in this day and age um dr wanchi i'll tell you like if we go from start i would like to go uh, step wise in this the first and the foremost thing where from it starts is your sleep if you are not able to sleep properly during night you will start developing irritability in the morning which may not be visible but maybe if someone asks you twice a question you may irritate then this irritability will go to another level 
and then to another level and then it presents as a depression or as an anxiety disorder whatever we see so most important thing let us go to the baselines which are very simple you need a good sleep you need a very healthy diet and avoid this junk food that we take because junk food has indirectly an impact on our mental health take good water hydration is very important for your body because the more you hydrate the more relaxed you'll feel because it relaxes the whole system then as we say in the asian culture we had this uh, meditation and breathing exercises simple breathing exercises i would just like mention quickly here is two breathing exercises any time during the day in any posture that you are relaxed comfortable close your eyes think of the best thing that has happened to you in your life it can be your boyfriend girlfriend your profession whatever money you got or whatever thing is best then after closing your eyes through mouth just breathe out so that you just get that tension out of your mind after that through your nose you have to breathe in for 4 seconds in the count you can make 4 and then you have to breathe after breathing in stop the breath for 7 seconds and then breathe out with a whoosh sound for 8 seconds so we start with this whoosh sound should come from mouth so first we breathe in through nose count till 4 now stop for 7 seconds and now whoosh sound this you can do at ease 10 to 12 times in the morning or evening whenever you feel another one is very simple what we call 627 so in this you don't have to breathe out through mouth you breathe in through nose for 6 seconds stop it for 2 seconds and breathe out for 7 seconds so same relaxed position same good thoughts should come in your mind and we start 2 3 4 5 6 7 this and we hold two it for 2 seconds and we breathe out and you exhale for 7 seconds what happens is that this relaxes your nervous system and that creates because you know maximum mental problem is through neurotransmitters if there is not a balancing in them or your moods or your hormones basically create a problem with that it will definitely help you in fighting i'm talking about basic simple things avoid negativity as much as you can because it's very important as you said that in the uh, social age how we connect we all know that we have one or two people with whom we speak our heart be in touch with them whenever you have crisis you don't have to be a counselor for everyone you can't be don't exhaust yourself so much that you cannot take care of your own self because mental health you don't have to go into an irreversible mode so every time whenever you feel down contact those two people sometimes you may have arguments sometimes you may have discussions take it in a positive way because always remember those who criticize you are your best friends those who just go on telling you are very good you are very good are not your best friends we should be ready for criticism because that will help us in improving so these are the baselines that we do in a simple home setting in order to overcome these things namisha i would like to add that uh, smile more and laugh more laugh out loud so that also you know Uh, feel good then your dopamine and those ho- good happy hormones will release and it is also very helping very simple way to release your stress so these are the tips which we use in our workshop uh, 
to build a resiliency. Yeah. And it's so important. And, and final question before I let you go. Sometimes people say it's good to have a plan, but when you have a crisis situation, sometimes a plan goes out the window. So how do we how do we balance that, you know, have a plan, but also have that flexibility? I think that can also add to people's um, um, stress levels as well. So what's your take on that? Have a plan, but also be flexible, but how? Um, so uh, yeah, I would like to say that uh, uh, making plan is not a problem, but uh, you know, uh, chasing that plan to get it fulfilled that is a problem. So make plan whatever you want, but don't stick with that plan. Don't be obsessed with that plan. Uh, just go with the flow, whatever comes. Because uh, in this extraordinary situation, you can't be ordinary, right? You have to deal with all the circumstances. So just go with the flow, and it's all feel like. You can control certain things, but you cannot control everything. So, yeah, feel yourself like uh, uh, whatever you can do, you just do that one. Don't expect yourself too many things or uh, like don't have very high expectation from you. Well, I think one more point I would like to add is that live in present. You don't have to live in future because if you basically survive the present, then only you can go into future. So as far as the planning is concerned, plan what is realistic. Say, for example, if someone would ask me in COVID, what should we basically aim for? I will say only two things. If you are able to eat regularly every day, you are able to feed yourself and you survive this time. These are two biggest achievements for you because unfortunately in this world, there are so many people who don't have even this. So you should see that in the kind of crisis situations, what is the first thing that will help you survive? Because, you know, when you survive, then only you think, what will I do when I will be in 2021? I should have a flat. I should have a home. I should have a career for kids. I should have. This will come only when you survive the present phase. So live in present, plan for future, but don't make it as the marking point that if I don't do this, then I'm lost. Live in present. That's very important. Absolutely. And it's been such a crazy year that, you know, it really poses a lot of philosophical questions. It makes you question um, what's important and what's not important in your life. I, you know, I've often thought, why do people often um, count successes, how much money you have? You know, if you count all the blessings that you have, you know, we'll be very rich rather than how many wow. zeros in, in our bank account. So it's all in perspective. <laughs> I don't know if you feel I that agree, way. I agree. Absolutely. I agree 100% on that. Yeah. Because that is what is basically your real earning. If you will see, even if people who have so much of money have no one to take care of and they're still alone, they're also suffering from mental health. Well, you know, my grandma is a very wise lady. She always says, you know, look at all the rich people. They're the same as us in COVID. They can't travel. They're also stuck at home. <laughs> yeah. We're all the same. <laughs> and COVID has not differentiated between poor and rich. In fact, poor people did not get COVID that much as rich people are getting it. <laughs> <laughs> we have a joke in India that beggars, like people who are on the street begging, none of the cases has been till date identified suffering from COVID. No one has COVID. But that's definitely a, a, a silver lining in, in all these things. Um, thank you so much for your time, uh, both of you today, Dr. Amit Wanchu uh, for, for joining us and also Namisha Vandan uh, for, for joining us and for conducting these wonderful uh, resilience uh, training workshops for some of the marginalized community here in Hong Kong. And I look forward to having you back on uh, next time on the program. Thank you very much indeed. Keep us updated. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Noreen. And we would just like to say, come to OK 